Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Russ Cordell. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. It laid a burden on my heart to remind us of something important about the power, the life and death power of the tongue. And so much negative, so much uh, terror words are used in Scripture, the book of James alone, speaking the power of tongue in the world of iniquity and pain and poison and the fire of hell that exists. But I want to tell you today that there's another way. I started to lay the foundation last week, the dichotomy of the two things, that if we get a hold of this thing, if we tame this tongue, and we get a hold of exactly the power that lies with inside us, we can use that for such a great glory for God. We can be powerful for God. Psalms 113 chapter, excuse me, 113 starting at verse 1 says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. You can be seated this morning. Praise, unleashing praise is what our call is for today. Psalm 150, many of you know so well, goes on to say, it's a psalm of praise. Praise ye the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and the harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with the stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high sounding cymbals. Everything that hath breath, praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. The most powerful thing that you can do with that tongue between your teeth and your gums is praise the Lord. Praise him, praise him, and praise him. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. You know, we're at liberty to do that right now. We've got the power to make the choice of how we use our voice and how we use that tongue. We have the choice right now. And out loud in any place that we want to, we can praise the name of Jesus. How long that's going to last, I don't know. How long we're going to have that freedom, I don't know. But I'm stressing to the body of church today that let's use that freedom now. Let's exercise that freedom now and praise the Lord every opportunity that we have. Praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. At the dedication of Solomon's temple, a most powerful and monumental moment in history in 2 Chronicles chapter 5, Solomon had built the most glorious temple ever created, dedicated to God and his glory and his worship. And you can imagine and you can go on through 2 Chronicles 5 and see the enormous amount of of steps and things that were put into place to honor God and the dedication of that temple. Now I want you to understand something. In the scripture, you must be aware, when you read about the temple, you have to understand that there is a symbolism there. There's There's a message there. When God talks about the temple and his words, many times he's talking about this. The word of God says, you are the temple of his spirit. You are the temple. So this is an example. This is, this is talking to us, the temple of God. But look at 2 Chronicles chapter 5 and 13. It says at verse 13, it came even to pass as the trumpeters and the singers were as one 
to make one sound, to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music, I don't know why they put a K in there, and praised the Lord saying, for he is good, his mercy endureth forever, that then the house was filled with a cloud. That cloud was the glory, was the presence of God. Why? Because the Bible says in Psalms that he inhabits the praises of his people. It was filled with the cloud, even the house of the Lord. So much so in verse 14 that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. I want to tell you this morning that that cloud is residing inside each and every one of you that are filled with his spirit. The glory of God exists in you. And there's one thing that needs to happen is it needs to come out of you and fill the house where you are routinely. I've been in that place. I hope you have too. I've testified to this before. I've been in that place where I've come down to that altar and began to pray and got into that routine. And we know, come on, we're all guilty. We've all done the routine altar call, right? Let's get our time in, get our five minutes or so in. We got lunch cooking. But I've been in that place and come down and something going on in my life, some challenge, something that brought me down. I had a bad day going on, wasn't super excited about being at church, knew that I was failing God, guilty, feeling guilty for not being really worshipful, not really putting my heart into service. And that great and merciful and awesome and beautiful and wonderful God that we serve recognizes the heart that's saying, God, I'm so sorry I'm not in it today. God, I feel like garbage. I shouldn't even be up here. I hid my face on the altar in shame and I stand up and the miracle that I'm asking God for is standing right next to me and God's doing a work and suddenly that great glory and that cloud is coming down from on high and I start to feel that anointing power and that mercy and that grace just flow over on top of me and to feel the grace of God that forgiving mercy and grace it's so powerful you can barely stand up that's what those priests were experiencing in the house that day the worship was so united, but I want to bring you back to verse 13. The singers and the trumpeters were what? They were as one. It was when the, the, the people of the temple were united together to make one sound. We had a wonderful time this morning. I have, I've inaugurated a, a, uh, something I stole from other pastors that I really like, and that is a morning huddle. Anybody that's going to be on duty at service on a given Sunday is going to meet with a pastor uh, prior to service, and, and we met in the banquet room this morning for, for the only purpose of bringing us together in unity so that we all knew where we all stood. We prayed together. I prayed anointing on every department, every minister of the gospel today, uh, every singer, every Sunday school teacher. Why? To bring us together into the unity of the spirit so that when our praises go up, it's one sound. We're together on the way that we praise. Do you know that we could be islands to ourselves? We could be drifting and wandering and doing everything. We could all still be praising God, but we're not one sound. I said to the group there this morning, I don't want to disperse Everybody, and not have a clue who's working in my Sunday school department or my music ministry. I say my colloquially. Don't, don't think I'm being prideful. I've, I'm talking about responsibility. And not even know who's serving in those areas and not having had prayed for them this morning. But this morning we got together and we had a powerful time of prayer. 
And our voices are one and our worship is one as it was in the temple. It's powerful. We're unleashing the power of praise. Praise that's sequestered and, and, and different and backwards and, and, and separate and ununited was not what worked in the temple at the time of the founding of Solomon's temple. It was so powerful when the cloud moved in that the priests could not even stand up. Have you been in that place? Have you ever got to that place, that level of worship where it's almost difficult to stay on your your feet? Have you just fallen before God, unwilling, incapable of staying on your feet because of the mercy and the glory and the blessing that he's pouring down on you? Also in the book of 2 Chronicles, we're told of a great victory that Judah had over enemies that faced them. Jehoshaphat, the king, he was a good king, he was a good man, and he had faced the people of Ammon and Moab before, but there was a new group of people, the people of Mount Seir. The Bible says, and in, in, in history says, they were called the great hairy ones. They were beastly men that lived in, in Mount Seir, and they're repeated throughout Scripture. You can find them in other places, but Jehoshaphat had never faced this enemy before. He, he, he became afraid. This was a courageous, brave man. He was a good man that knew God. He, he lived his life daily seeking to, to please God. He, he, had, he had the, the, the honor of the people of Israel, the people of Judah, excuse me. And, and, and he was a good king. But when these three came against him, he defeated Ammon before. He had defeated the people of Moab before. He knew that God could do it, but he was facing somebody he'd never faced before. Did Moab, did, excuse me, did, did Jehoshaphat arm up? Did he, did he get angry and frustrated and start yelling at the people that he's working with? Did he criticize the soldiers that weren't sharp enough that day getting ready for battle? No, Jehoshaphat got the people of Judah together and he said, we're gonna fast and we're gonna praise. And he called the singers together and he said, we're gonna sing and praise to our God before we do anything. Verse 22 of Second Chronicles chapter 20 says this. It says, when they began to sing and to praise the Lord's set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. You say, Pastor, you don't understand the problems that I'm coming against. This is dangerous. I have an illness. I have a challenge. I have a financial calamity. I've got a problem going on in my life. You don't understand what I'm coming up against. It's bigger than this. It's not so easy just to say, pray about it and praise. What I'm telling you is that thought process is wrong. Jehoshaphat stood before three armies that wanted to slaughter him. They would kill every single man, woman, and child in Judah if they got into the camp. And Jehoshaphat knew it. But Jehoshaphat knew that the problem solver wasn't Jehoshaphat. The problem solver was the God of Israel. The God that he knew that solved problems. The God that was the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper. And he called the people to praise. Don't tell me that praise and prayer is not the answer first because it says there that God set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir that had come and they were smitten. Verse 23 says, for the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir. You know what God did? He got them fighting against themselves utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had made the end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy the other. So you might be facing something that's unknown to you. 
You don't know the people of Mount Seir. You don't know the problem that's come against your business or against your health or your family. You're unfamiliar with this particular type of battle, but I'm saying to you today, if you learn to unleash praise, get some praise going on in your house, shut the TV off, put in something that sounds good, that worships God, get in your car and drive around the block, pray some Christian music and praise your God. Praise him, praise him, praise him. It does not matter what you're going to come against. If you put 100% of your faith and your ability and that thing between your teeth and your gums at work in praising God. Paul and Silas in the prison in Acts chapter 16, verse 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. And what did they do? They sang praises unto God. You know this very well. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Man, I would love to see it in here if one day we unleashed praise in a way that this building started shaking. And we started feeling the vibrations. And miracles started happening. And somebody sub jumps up and says, I just got my miracle. God talked to me and healed what I'm dealing with. If we just got a hold of this and unleashed praise, we would see God begin to move the same way. Verse 26, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's pens were loosed. How many of us right now are living in prisons of our own design? How many of you are dealing with a prison at work? How many of you are dealing with prisons of your own creation? How many of you are dealing with prisons that, 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 that you just can't see but it's got you trapped and covered? What I'm telling you today, when you start to worship, the doors of your prison will open but it's going to be through praise. You're not going to think your way through it. You're not going to maneuver your way through it. You're not going to get somebody else to help you, telling the whole world about it, being angry about it, or any of the natural uh, responses that we have as human beings doesn't do it. In some cases, you got to begin to sing your praises. Let God shake the foundations of the prison that you're in. Let him get a hold of those things. If you truly and honestly throw down your pride, set aside everything else, all the things that you prescribe for the situation, put it aside and put your praises to God, the doors will open and it says that everyone's bands were loosed. You heard this worship and this praise. God inhabits the praises of his people so much so that he speaks through them. God chose to speak through someone this morning, not once but twice. Imagine, imagine if everyone in this room made the decision to loosen their bands, to release themselves from the prison that you're holding yourself in, to take off the robe of pride. I'm a quiet person, Pastor. I just, I'm not exuberant. Neither am I. Nobody laughed. Fail. But I want, to, I want to show you what it says when you go on. In Acts 16, if you jump down to verse 30. See, they took care of their prison. They took care of their bands. The doors were open for them. So what? But look at verse 30. It says, and he brought them out and said, sirs, this is the jailer now. The jailer was going to kill himself because he was responsible for the prisoners. They stopped him. They said, don't do that. We're going to stay right here. We're not going to stay in prison, but we won't leave you. 
And he says in verse 30, sirs, what must I do to be saved? In verse 31, and they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Awesome. Believe and you're saved, right? That's the moniker of the day. Verse 32, and they spake unto him the word of the Lord. Oh, so you, it's not, okay, there's another step. They spake unto him the word of the Lord, and they must have obeyed to all that were in his house, because verse 33 says, And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his, straight away. Because of that, that prison foundation shaking, because of that praise, they could have sat there and they could have grumbled. They could have whined. They could have, they could have criticized other people. They could have done anything within that human flesh that they were wearing, but they chose to unleash the praise on that prison, and the doors open and the bands dropped and then they use that thing between their teeth and their gums to preach the word of the Lord and because they were anointed and submitted and full of praise and power just the sharing of the word of God got those people to fall down on their knees and say what do we do to be saved and led them right to baptism not just him not just the jailer his whole house was saved says at the end there, straight away. You know what that means? It means right quick. Their stripes and was baptized, he and all his, straight away, immediately. You see, praise gets our tongues and our hearts going in the right direction, and that's the key. Psalms tells us, my tongue shall speak of your righteousness and of your praise all the day long. That's what our tongues should be full of. That's what we should be focusing on. Maybe we can't walk up to the guy at the gas station and say, praise Jesus, hallelujah, thank God, can I have my gas, hallelujah, praise Jesus. But we can be in a praiseful mode, a praiseful mind, because the second our tongue changes gears, we throw it in neutral, put it in reverse, and we start that critical thing going on, and we start that, that fussing and fighting, and speaking out loud about problems and criticizing, and I don't like this. Then we're in the wrong gear, and we're going in the wrong direction. It says all the day long. You know why? Because we have to be in gear. You know, Christian, you Christian. You gotta be in gear 100% of the time. From the time you awake until the time you go to bed, your engine is running. You gotta be on. Your radar's gotta be on. You don't have time to rest. You can't shut off. You can't turn it off. You can't be unchristian for a couple hours just to take a break. You are who you are. You went down the road. You, bat, you, you bent your knee at the altar and said, yes, God, I repent. I wanna walk your walk. I wanna be what you want me to be. That's it. The engine's on. You're down the road. And so that's why we're called to praise him all the day long. Psalms also tells us, I will sing unto the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. David was saying literally, as long as I exist, I will sing the praises of the Lord all my life. Praise is the gear change that helps us humble ourselves and ignite thankfulness. It takes a lack of pride. It takes a lack of precognition and our own thoughts and our own ideas and our own design in order to surrender to praise. Psalms tells us, let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. We immediately in our praise acknowledge that he's number one. 
Psalms 104 says to us, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. How many of us believe that when it says enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise, it's talking about when you come to church on Sunday morning? Did you ever think about that? It's a natural assumption. Where do you think his gates and his courts are? How about the front door of your office building? How about the mall as you're walking down or or wherever you shop? Are those God's courts? Because according to my Bible, he owns it all. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He owns those gates. He owns those courts. You see, the courts and the gates are not your church. The courts and the gates are the doorways into the gas station that you walk into and the office building that you're a part of or the job site that you go to or the place that you fellowship or the place that you go and visit family. Those are his courts and those are his gates. And we're to enter them with thanksgiving and praise. And be thankful unto him and bless his name. Why? Because if we don't, we get it into reverse gear. We go back in the other direction. The flesh takes over. Praise also gets us ready for battle and makes the enemy flee. Praise literally pushes back darkness. And we sing it all the time, Sister Angela. Pushing back the darkness. 2 Samuel chapter 22 and verse 4 says it this way, it says, I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from mine enemies. God directly, the word directly correlates the praise of salvation from enemies. It makes the enemy flee. We get triumph according to Psalm 47. Oh, clap you hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Psalms goes on to tell us, it says, let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. And we know that's the word of God. You carry that into your battles. You take that out of your prison as the doors swing wide open and you begin to speak to a soul that's standing nearby saying, what must I do to be saved? Being ready to give our testimony at all times. You've got that praise in your mouth and a two-edged sword in your hand and you're going to see strongholds are going to fall. People's ears are going to perk up. They're going to want to know more. They're going to want to understand what is it that you're saying to me? Why are you so different? What is it about you that's different? I'm telling you right now, if praise is rolling and moving through your body, it becomes every fiber of who you are people are going to look at you and they're going to say something's different this person is not the same as everybody else I see that's what the power of praise does is it resonates in your body and in your mind and your hearts you can tell somebody that's struggling you can tell when a person has no praise and no glory in them because they walk with their head down their brow is furrowed they tend to be a little bit snappy they tend to have a little bit of struggle with things they just don't have that in there but you look at somebody that's just full of glory. I'm going to pick on somebody this morning. I, and don't be offended if I don't pick you. Who, Sister Tan. That's a lady that is full of praise all the time. Every word that ever comes out of her mouth is powerful and joy and pleasure. She just loves God so much. I know from the time that she wakes up in the morning to the time that she goes to bed at night, she's just full of praise. And it shines out of her all the time. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. I admire Sister Tana and she knows it. She prays for me all the time. But I just can't help seeing that praise rise up in her at all times. And there's many of you that are like that. Please don't be offended that I didn't pick you. I just give you an example. And nobody disagreed with me. I guarantee you that. 
If we're praising, we're not complaining and we're not negative. Psalms tells us, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity? Who heals all your diseases? Who redeems you, your life from the pit? And who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy? That's Psalms 103, 2 and 4, 2 through 4. Listen to the words there. You, what room do we have to complain? How do we nitpick on somebody else? Where did we become perfect? We didn't. But we got to remember his benefits. The praise of praising God. He gives us, forgives us of all of our iniquity. That's incredible. Iniquity is that generational, powerful, ingrained sin that all of us had at one point in our lives. He heals all of our diseases. You know, that's bodily and mentally as well. He redeems your life from the pit. Now, if you had those words just circling around in your head and somebody made you angry or something that happened at work really got you upset and fired up, and all of a sudden you're, you're just hearing, wait a minute, I had iniquity and God took care of it. He, my soul was headed to the pit, but God pulled me out. And all of a sudden, the humility and the praise and the worship comes back. Oh, God, thank you for that. Thank you, God, that I'm not heading for a life of hell and misery. And suddenly, I don't have anything to complain about anymore. Hebrews chapter 13 and 15. Just a wonderful scripture. I love this scripture. By, by him, therefore talking about Jesus. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God. How often? Continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to him. Fruit is not one, one time pops up on the branch, blossoms, grows into a fruit, and drops off, and it's gone. It's something that's continuously cycling through that plant that's creating it. It's the fruit of our lips. It's the bounty of our lips. It's the harvest of what should be coming out of our mouths, over the tongue, and past the teeth, giving thanks to his name continually. It's a sacrifice of ourselves and our own agenda. Praise opens the door for God's blessings over our lives. Psalms 107 and 8. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. It invites his presence. I've said multiple times now, he inhabits the praises of his people. It says in Psalms chapter 22, our spirits are refreshed and renewed in his presence. That's why I said a little while ago. I said it to the group this morning. We came in and we had our time of prayer. I explained the pastor huddle thing. I, I t asked if there was any prayer request and I got everybody together. We had powerful, awesome praise prayer together, united. And I asked the group, now how many in here can say they feel 100% better than when they walked in the church this morning? You know why? Because that praise gets you ready. It gets you ready for God. It scrapes off all the crud and all the stuff that you brought in from outside and all the problems of the world. Praise just gets you ready for the presence of God. It's a wonderful, wonderful uh, aspect of when we give our praise because the joy of the Lord, as Brother Rob was talking about this morning, in our 10-10-10 service, we're strengthened by his presence and by his peace. The Bible says in Psalms 16 and 11, in his presence there is fullness of joy. And we know that from the word of God, the joy of the Lord is our strength. If you allow the devil or anybody else to steal your joy, you're removing the strength that you need to make it through the day. Praise is what cracks open the jar of joy to pour out all over you. 
Psalms tells us also, because your love is better than life, talking about God, your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you, I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. You can stand with me this morning, I'm closing. Praise is how we elevate him above all else in our lives. How many believe that we need to elevate God above everything else in our lives? Every master in our life, every other God that we have, we need to elevate him constantly. First Chronicles 16 and 25, for great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He also is to be feared above all gods. All gods and praise is the way that we elevate him. Psalms tells us also great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God and the mountain of his holiness. Praise is how we will achieve victory over all of that. Praise is how we maintain. Praise is the thing that pulls us back into the camp. Praise is the thing that wounds the he- that heals the wounds. Praise is the start of all of that miraculous work to happen. Praise is what's going to open the door for God to speak to you. A life of praise, a body of praise, a person of praise, being essentially in your existence, a being, as David said it, of praise is what's going to open the door for everything else. All the things that you've sought, I want to do better in God. I want to have more ability. I want to see people healed. I want to be able to pray for someone and have a miracle happen. I want to see the book of Acts miracles happening in my church. Well, that unity of praise and that praise in your life coming together as one is what's going to crack open that miraculous work to be starting to happen. That's what's going to get it done. This morning, I think it would be appropriate that our altar service is a praise service. The altar is definitely open, but I want you to come down. Anybody that's brave enough, courageous enough to lift your voices just a little bit louder than you did before, to lift up your voices just a little bit more than you did before, put some praise into something because today is the day. This is now. Now is the day. You're not promised 15 minutes from now. Now's your opportunity to crack open that power of praise and get a hold of God in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, the altar's open. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.